podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Road End Podcast, where each week we will speak to a new guest, get to know them and talk all things Liverpool. Hi everyone, welcome to the Road End Podcast. I'm pleased to say today I'm joined by Paul Smith. Paul was a professional boxer who now coaches and regularly analyses fights on live TV. First of all, mate, thanks for joining. How are you? I'm all right, thanks, you. Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. Nice to have you on. Happy to be on, no problem. Thank you. So, your career, Paul, you had 45 fights, winning 38 and 22 by knockout. Good record, isn't it? Yeah, proud of the career I had. Not, not necessarily the record, on, on the record, but the same way, like, fortunately or unfortunately, the same with my brothers. We've only ever lost to, to, to world champions, I think. Yeah. Um, when you go through the record and, and see, I think there was one early on in my career where it just probably got rubbed blinds on it. But um, apart from that, like, the, the fights that we've lost have been multiple names to the fighters who were world champions or who went on to win world titles. Um, so everyone always obviously speaks about the four of us collectively as a group because um, of what, what we've done in boxing, which is great, which is absolutely fine and, and expected. Um, the four of us between us, like there's some there's some old record there between the four of us. And obviously Liam and Callum are still at it. Yeah, still fighting, still aim, um, still winning, still doing well, thankfully. Um God willing it continues. But yeah, gotta try and keep safe, keep your health about you, keep your wits about you, and um keep winning, which is what they're doing, thankfully at the moment. So in terms of retirement, how do you know when it's your time? Obviously it could be on the end of a loss or stuff like that, but did, was it a case of getting out? At the right time for you. Yeah, this is it's an old saying in boxing. Um, one fight too many, and we always said we will never let it get that way. Um, I think if I'd have had my way, I may have had one more, and it might have been that one too many. Um, but we always said we'd take the other ones down and, and say when it's the end. You know, if the time to carry on too long. I think I knew I was done the minute the final bell went, or the minute the first bell went. To be honest, I should say, especially when the final bell went. Um, I felt my age, I knew I was done, I knew I didn't have it anymore. But obviously then you get a call off and you're more fights for more money and, and, and better paydays and the likes and, and more opportunity. And you, you start kidding yourself straight away, then you start the you start the, the old dance, what you can have with yourself. Nah, I'm all right, I'm okay, I can do that, I can do this. And, and ultimately you can't. Um, so I got out bang at the right time. Same with Stephen, no point in, you know, if you felt your age, Stephen, I felt sorry for because of COVID. His COVID sort of cut his career short. But it's always better to get out at the right time or one too early rather than, rather than one too late. Well said. My first time watching you, I remember it well, to be honest. I know this is quite some time into your fighting career, but I remember you fighting Tony Quigley on the grudge, the grudge match at the Echo. I didn't know much about either, to be honest, in terms of fighting careers. I watched boxing. But I think that was when my interest become more into, like, obviously your career and the lads, your brothers. Where did all that tension come from? Is it just a case of two scousers or? Yeah, and no. I've, I've known Tony and his family. And, like, I'm speaking from it now. What is it now? 14 years later, nearly. 13 years later, at least. Nearly 14 yeah. years. And I'm speaking about it now, obviously, with fondness and in a different light, but... At the time, I just I knew I'd beat him. I knew I knew I knew I had too much for him. I knew what he had. I, I could I could beat him and, and go on. And there was a little bit of needle there, obviously, with like being a local derby. But 
his ex-girlfriend at the time at the time or the girl we just split up with was my cousin and then they didn't end too well at the time I remember they were arguing a lot and everything else and it was just the needle just came from the reaction that we had the interaction that we had when when we got together like a press conference head to head and all and it was it was one of them you know where I wouldn't have liked to have had to fight with him in the street because he's handful and was it being it was it being hard to, to split us up or stop us but he, I just I just knew I was getting to him and, and I knew I was annoying him and I knew the way I was, I was speaking was getting to him and uh, and I obviously want to get in his head I want I want him to be thinking of me all the time I want him to be I want to stomach the team and all the people coming over in the city saying to him the same as he was to me oh you know can't wait for your fight all of this and that it's a lot of pressure when you're in these like small not small you know local derbies should I say yeah. where you go outside the Liverpool no one's really bothered it's just a good fight. But in Liverpool, it's 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 a lot more. Basically, that's what I meant by like like small type thing. But it was it's a lot of pressure. You can't escape it, especially when you're living there or when you when you when you heavily like embroiled in it, which I was most days in the gym. And I was been a holy back. I lived I lived in Orange Cake. I was on for about fifteen years, hmm. and I get like five minutes just outside of it at the end of the day. And I don't think like there was any escape for him. I don't know when he was living at the time, but. Yeah, it was just a lot of needle and handbags and aggro, but I was enjoying it because I knew it was getting to him. Well, yeah. I like to think it was getting to him. And he's had a, a local derby before with, with Tony Dodson just before it. And it was a great fight. I was I was I was there watching uh, I fancied my chances against either of them after watching it, but I remember thinking I've got to be at my best, I've got to be good because that was a brilliant fight and, and Tony uh, quickly done great coming back to win it. And um I felt for Dodds on the legs. I thought he'd just done enough, but obviously it's a twelve-round fight. You've got to be, you've got to see the final bell to get the decision. And um, I just felt I was a bit more mature in the head, and a bit more strong-minded for him. So the games and like the the arguing and the bickering back and forth. I, I remember at the time I like, enjoyed it, um, thinking it'd probably play in my favour and work for me. Where on the fight, I think. I think the nerves got to them a little bit more without setting up putting them down, saying that I'll be disrespectful. I just think I think the nerves got to him a little bit more on the occasion, got to him a little bit more. Whereas to me, I was expecting every bit of that and more. You know, it was a great atmosphere, brilliant atmosphere on the night. Um, good little fight, cold fight as well. I felt it just done enough time to yeah. I knew he outworked Dodson, I knew I'd outwork him, I knew I had a bit more in the tank towards the end, um, which which ultimately proved the case, but but yeah, great memories now looking back, but at the time I remember it was all blazes at all. <laughs> so moving like moving on from that fight then, what, what's been your favourite fight in your career? Whether you've won or lost? I don't know, to be honest. You probably probably the Abraham one in um, in Germany, the, the the first world title fight. I felt I just I boxed well and I'd done everything that that I needed to do, and that was asked to me. I felt I did perform on on that night and a lot of my fights in my career, I look back at and think I, I could have done better. You know, I, I could have boxed better. Sometimes, a lot of the time, what I'm saying about quickly there, I, I let the occasion get to me. Sometimes, you know, I let the 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 non-important stuff get to me and take up the space that the, the important stuff needed. You know, you've got to relax and keep a cool head and, and, and treat it like a, a glorified spa, so to speak. That's always when I got the best out of myself and I'm concentrating on the tactics and concentrating on the game plan rather than seeing the red mist and wanting to kill him. You know, let the anger get the better on me. Um, but yeah, I think that night everything just came together and everything did come together apart from the results, basically, at the end of it, where the judges had another idea. So now you're coaching. What's it like being in the corner? Not only for, obviously, the fighters that you are representing, but your brothers. I, I'll help if, if any of them need it. They've got their own coaches and 
I just I'm in the corner. Just it's just sort of a bit of an insult now to myself, but I'm in the corner because I'm an old head and I've been around the game for twenty odd years. And I turned pro in two thousand and three, so you know it's twenty years of experience in January coming of being involved in a professional game as a fighter up and up in the corner. So having, having me around, obviously, Liam's trainers are pretty new to the game um, and the flying, they're doing brilliant. They obviously, Joseph fought himself as a professional. Both of them were amateur champions for the Rotunda, Joseph and Declan. And the talented lads and the keen and the game and, and, and the, the, the willing to, to learn a lot and, and, and they're doing brilliant at the moment to stay where they've got together is great. But I, I just help out in the corner. I'm, just, I'm always in the corner just in case they need me or in case anyone needs me for anything like that. And it doesn't help having a, a, another eye around that can see things and, 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 and spot things. And you know, if it was ever if it was ever a hindrance more than a help, then then I'd be the first to, to not do it. But Buddy McGirt keeps saying Callum is probably not enough to teach him or tell him. I've got a, I've got nowhere near the amount of experience he has. He's um he's an all of fame fighter and trainer. And he's absolutely brilliant, and, and I'm the lucky one being around him, so to speak, because I get to pick up so much off him when he's here and, and, and learn off him and watch him and see his methods and the way he is. He's been there and done it all, got the t-shirt and so. But I know Callum inside of just like I know Liam. You know what I mean? I, I know what they like. I know what physically, mentally, what they like. So having me in the corner, helping buddy with that, um, less boxing and more just knowing the kids inside and out. I was with and the same when I'm a spider. I've, I've been in the ring with him. I've, I've been all over the world with him, so I know him. So uh, there's things where I could see what Buddy's missing, as in how he is personally, how he is mentally, physically, you know, or things like that. And and yeah, just being around Buddy, I picked up a lot. So I like it uh, to be honest with you. The, the training side, I'm not going to be an actual boxing trainer probably until I start getting my own fighters. And now at the moment, there's, there's a there's a couple in the pipeline, um, but no one really committed just yet. But I manage a few fighters. I like that side of things. Um, a lot of easier work. It's just, it's just more gifted a gab, more talking, more more negotiating on the phone, more trying to get sponsorship and things like that. Looking after the fights and making sure they've got everything. So that that side of the game, I obviously manage and, and, and I'll be saying the fighters. I like that. I do the commentary and the aim to see which is what is is the main job in boxing for me. Is the aim to get the little man in one of your stables then in the future? I don't know. I, did, I stopped in boxing for a while. He used to ask me all the time, you know, I want to box, I want to box, and it's just things just leave it out. It's, it's just it's a shitty game at times. You know, it, it's a horrible game at times in the pros, especially. And I'd like to say the amateurs was great, it was brilliant, but it's not, especially in Liverpool. There's coaches, uh, there's judges in Liverpool who, who can't just blast from an elbow, being brutally honest with you. And if they can, there's a, I can't say the word corruption, but there's a bit of, they don't give a shit who they're robbing or what they're doing. They're just, they're just creating misery for, for young kids who are trying their best and giving them all and, and, and all they want is a fair crack of the whip. Usually is the case if you've got a certain vest on in this city from a certain club or certain clubs you're around that and it shouldn't be the case and it shouldn't, there shouldn't be any jealousy, politics, bitterness, whatever you want to call it with amateur boxing. You should just say it as you see it and, and if you can't see it that way then you need to go back and train and, and, and study or, or, or prove to people who are well more qualified than you and experienced than you that you can actually judge a fight about, should I say, because it's kids boxing. So I didn't really want him to do that, but I said, if you're going to do it, then you go on the Rotunda, which is where I am now with the nice classy background behind me. Um, mm-hmm. Go where, where we all learned and where we were taught they're the best coaches, best gym. I know when you're getting in the ring that you're going to be more than ready. And they'll treat you as if you're they you're their own kid because that's how they are with every kid. And I've 
I'm in the parent room now, the committee room. I've sat around this table many a time and heard the odd parents here and there saying, oh, you're using... my lad has another fight yet and he's waiting too long and this and that. And I, I know why. I know why it is because I know what the coaches do. If your lad's not on the fight yet, he's not ready yet. And if he is and when he is, he'll have the fights and he'll be more than ready. He'll be safe and he'll be able to look after himself rather than get thrown in the deep end, so to speak. So the gym for that's great. And that was the condition. If you're going to do it, do it properly. If you're going to box, then, then go to the Tundra. He's been here for a few years now and he loves it. He's got a, a really good core group of mates out there who do anything for him and vice versa. It's like an extended family and, and it is. It's not being cheesy. It is. The coaches are great. He's surrounded by good, positive male and female role models now and teaching them all the, the, the things in life that his dad and his uncle's got through boxing, manners, discipline, respect, you know, self-respect. If there's there's ever trouble anywhere he's okay he can handle himself but he's going to go the opposite way he's not going to go over to the trouble and try and cause it or create and jump on him he's why would I want to get involved in that you know, there's, a, there's a nice little feeling that you can get when you don't sort of have to prove yourself things what, 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 what he's, he's getting and he's going to get from it as well I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing that he's here but don't want him in my camp so to speak if he turns problem with them but he's coached in here by his coaches and, and I, I'd like to say I don't interfere and I, and I hope the coaches would agree on that you know if if, if they need me again I'm there if they, if they ever need anything like that then, then I'm obviously there I'll always help, help in the gym with the other kids and, and put me input in and, and help but this gym's like we're all like family in here we're all like friends and family in here so if, if our Stephen was walking through the, the gym and there's a kid making a mistake I'd like to think Stephen would say straight away put your foot there mate you know and Try that now and, and, and rather than just leaving the kid. I think yeah. we frowned by leaving the kid to, to do something wrong rather than just connecting them and, and helping out. Everyone helps out, especially with the pros in the day. That, that That's what I love about the pros. There's no ego where if Joseph or Declan turned around and see me helping one of their lads, they wouldn't say, what are you doing? You know, like, it's not like that. You know, I, I don't want to train his fighters or their fighters. I don't want to train them. I just want to help their, their own mates and, and vice versa. If I come in and... One of my fighters who I was training was on the pads with Joseph but definitely it's it's I know they're not trying to muscle in or not and there's no ego on that. So yeah, long story short, if I'm when he's ready to turn pro, then I think I'd yeah, I think I would probably train him out and end up with him. But until then he's he's coaxing me by his coaches and he and he loves it. Good. As long as he's enjoying it, Anna, it's the main thing. I know the Thunder from way back, to be honest with you. My mate and his brother. Um his brother's your age and he's boxed with you for years and years. Um Ray Jocko. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ray's lovely. Uzbekistan with Ray years ago on a trip. We went on a, on a, on a trip and it was, it was brilliant all boxing over there. It was great. But he's a lovely lad, Ray. Yeah, he is. He's a good lad. Good boxing as well. While we're on the, the family base, Liam and Chris Eubank, is this happening or what? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely happening. Yeah, it's definitely happening. It's just a matter of when, what date you can get. I think they're looking for the end of January. Again, you know, it's, it's a fight that Obviously, Liam wants and Eubank will want. Um, they'll probably get paid very well for us. So, it's, you know, they've both got a lot to gain from it. There's no title on the line as such. But I've seen I've seen them both spar, and we all sparred in our gym uh, in in Bolton when, when we were based in, in the other gym. And um, I remember what happened. Spars and to go by the fight will be will be great. It'll be brilliant. As as I keep saying. I know Liam Kinnaton. I'm sure we'll see him again. Eubank's a very good fighter and and it you know deserves the, the the respect that he's got from from Liam, from us, from from the boxing fraternity, so to speak. 
Um, he's talented, he's a good kid, but so is Liam, and it's a, it's a very good fight. Yeah. Just just touching on Eubank on his um, the last proposed fight, what were your thoughts on that? Because obviously that was like massively anticipated for everyone. Eubank, Ben, it was like the next generation of them. It's okay saying he's innocent or this or that. Why is he in the system? You know, you could test your you could test your blood now and you wouldn't have any system. You wouldn't have it in mind. It wouldn't be in, in the average fell off the street system. So what it what 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 it what it is, why it's in the system, only he knows. But I'm not just saying it's as easy as as saying there's no smoke without fire, but why is it in your system? Unless you're being taken tablets that only pregnant women take or women who are trying to have a baby take then then you know, there's there's no reason why it should be in the system. I keep seeing all this. All oh, the B sample might be different as well. The B sample and the A sample is basically there's a cup, and when you do your drug test, you piss in that cup, and then at the end of it, you'll have two bottles. What the drug tester will put in front of you. There's one, and there's another one. And you'd have to pour forty mil in that one and forty mil in that one, and you seal that one. That's sealed, that's sample A, and then you seal that, and that's sample B. So unless the bottle of sample A is contaminated with that drug and the empty one of bottle B wasn't, that's the only way they're going to be different because it's the same piss off the one cup. So they're like, I'll wait till the B sample. So unless when they open sample A and test it in the lab, the lab was still contaminated, or the machine was still contaminated, or the bottle, it's very, very highly unlikely that it's going to be different. Results because it's the same piss basically. That's yeah. how they work. As I say, I like Conor Ben. I think he's a nice kid. I've got a lot of time for him. Um, if it's whatever it is in the system, it's cheating. The fact that the fight was possibly still going to go ahead due to whatever technicality he says it all about how the, the, the drug laws and the rules in this country are, are a joke. You know, I've, I've never took any performance enhancing drug in my life. And People could watch it and say, that's why you didn't win world titles or didn't win this or didn't win that. But this isn't a race. This is a fight. This isn't like a, a football match. This is, you could be taking steroids that help you go longer, harder, faster for a longer period of time, a longer duration. And as a result, you could kill someone. If I'd have been on steroids and that fight would have helped me push on even stronger towards the end, that made me win it even easier. And it wasn't easy. It was very hard. Same way, if he was on drugs... I wouldn't outwork him in the end. And, and before you know it, you're in the top round of a hard fight and, and you've been caught a few times, you've been hurt, you know, and, and that, it crosses lines then. If someone dies in a boxing ring, which can happen and does happen, unfortunately, and the other person that does it, that 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 wins or that survives is on steroids, what do we have there? Is that murder? You know, because I'm not being, ex- I'm not exaggerating, I'm not, I'm not putting a bevy on things, but it's a fact. Well, now I'm going to introduce Colmer. Um, I can't pronounce his name. <clears throat> he fought in America recently. And against an American, sorry. And he had, a, he had a funny turn after the fight. And they've had to put him in an induced coma because he's got a, either a bleed on the brain or something happened. But, but it, it wasn't good when I watched it. Um, when I watched the, the, the end of the fight and the kids helping him back to the corner. Now, if he was on steroids, it's okay saying it doesn't happen. It does happen. It happens when, you know, two healthy fit peak of the life fighters get in the ring and fight against each other sometimes your brain is not meant to be punched yeah it's not meant to be punched sometimes it happens and you take a funny turn now what if the opponent was on steroids 
unfortunately with boxing I've seen things like where it takes something dramatic and, and drastic for things to change in boxing and that happened when it got cut down from 12 to 15 to 12 rounds it happened with the gloves when they got bumped up from 6 to 8 rounds and things like that so we're going to see unfortunately something like that happen and I hope we don't but well, just while you're saying that, I hear a lot of people are saying, until it happens, it's not going to change. That's not fucking good enough, is it? Because these lads are paying, getting paid to do what they love. The paying's just a bonus. They're doing what they love fighting. So why does it take for that to happen before anyone actually cares? I agree. And it's unfortunate that people who are making the rules keep going against their own rules and they're not actually sort of adhering to what they're saying. Now, we shouldn't have to have random testing, but we do. But you know that when you get to the fight, likely the likelihood is before you fight, you're going to have to piss in the cup and have to take your drug test or just after you fight, which is always a pain in the ass because you're dry, you're dehydrated, you've just fought. I, I remember Commonwealth Games final. It was still with me four hours after the fight because I just I went to see my family and friends. I hadn't pissed yet. They can't leave your side. Same with our Stephen after one of his fights, after one of his pro fights, we'll look, you know, you have to just come with me then. If, unless you want to do the, the, the drug test before the fight, when I'm fully hydrated, after the 12 round fight, you're going to have to come with me. And they have to just stay with you. But you know that one's there, you expect that one. I've had knocks on my door at six in the morning, or a few K anties open. And I remember popping my head out the window, I was like, I fume, I had a clipboard, I thought it was a bailiff. Like, What's up? What are you after? He said, Oh, UK anties open. I said, Oh, wait there, mate, I'll put you in now. Make them a cup of tea, do your drug test, six in the morning. You you sort of welcome them because it should be, that's how it should be, a clean yeah. sport where randomly you tested that and it is random, so you can't take nothing. But we were laughing, me and the lads, it was like, if you wanted to take steroids, whatever one it might be, how would you do it? I was like, I'm not a fucking clue. You'd have to go and get a doctor and then OP keeps quiet and then start the relationship there and say, right, I want to take something that will make me faster, bigger, stronger, but I don't want to get caught on testing this and that. And then what are you putting in your body? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, would you see it with ex-bodybuilders that you, you all probably have to take them just to keep up. But that's a different sport. You get on stage posing next to someone, you're not going to kill them. You know what I mean? But mm. the, the stuff that they're taking, you have no idea what it might be doing to the heart, what it might be doing to your organs. Life's a long game after your career's gone. And, and if you've abused your body, taking steroids or performance enhancing drugs early on, you know, for me, the reward is well outweighing the risk at the moment. If I get caught, I'm not going to really get much of a ban. I might get a six-month ban. I've already saved that because of my fight for six months. But the reward, I'm world champion. My next fight for a couple of million quid now. Yeah, <clears throat> to answer your initial question, my opinion on it all is I was I, I was too busy being sort of flabbergasted by it and thinking, wow, you know, it's not that I didn't expect it. Looking back now, the way he's performed in his fights since how he started, his body mm-hmm. weight since how he started. That could be a lot of it down to hard graft, but you're going to graft even harder if you're getting a little boost on the way, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, did I think about Eubank? Yeah, I did. I felt really sorry for him on this fight because he deserved a good payday. He was in fantastic shape himself. And it was a fight that he felt he would have won anyway. Steroids or no steroids. Just too big and too strong, um, naturally. But I don't think we'll ever see that now. I don't think we'll see. My Ben's going to clear his name. And even if he does, where's he going to give his British licence up so he might still go get in a fight in Britain. I'll be interesting to see where he goes from there. But again, as I say, you know, I do feel bad if 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 he's innocent, that's a big if because he's a lovely kid. 
big time. I, I, I've met him a few times and he seems a really nice kid. Nice one for sharing that because obviously a lot of people who are listening will just think like you need to pass or your file, but obviously the, the whole situation of sample A and B, which sounds fucking nuts, by the way. If I go and get a Vicks nasal spray when I put it in my nose and take it, if I was still being tested, I'd fail a test for ephedrine speed. Wow. But I know that because of all the years that I was being tested, you'd have a list what's banned, what's prohibited and what's allowed. So any medication that you get, yeah, you know, it's a Liverpool podcast. So I remember tearing the muscle in my quad and I was lucky enough to know Chris Morgan and Dr. Zaff from Melwood, from Liverpool. And I got in Melwood and it was a lower body injury. I didn't have a clue about it, as I say, all upper body and arms. I've got my own physios there, but I got in and they really helped me out massively. And before I'm leaving, I'm getting given a couple of painkillers or anti-inflammatories, but the Googling them there and then and searching what's on the prohibited list, which they have to do with every single player in competition and out of competition. You find taking them, it's an anti inflammatory, but it's one that doesn't sort of upset your stomach. It was a, a, a painkiller. Yep, that's how you can take that. And everything you take, you have to Google, you have to go on the prohibited list on UK Anti Doping and check for it. There's some form of eye drop that will flash you up the same as cocaine. You can't take them eye drops. You know, the, the same chemical compounds in them is the same as in that. So you know what you're taking. And Premier League footballers will be the same. They'll get knocks at the door randomly. You know, and, and so they should. And I'm hearing all this, all the, all the stuff that makes me laugh recently. We're all Liverpool players because we're doing so well, apparently. We're all on it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's loads of absolute shit. If we go and give... One of the worst players in the Premier League, one of them inhalers, what they're talking about, or steroids, or whatever they might be accusing the players of. Do you think they're going to all of a sudden win the Ballon d'Or? Or, you know, you, you, there's an old saying in boxing, you can't polish your teeth. Or there's an old saying in life, you can't polish your teeth. And it doesn't matter what drugs you're using or performance enhancing drugs, you're not going to do nothing anyway. You know, I could have took every steroid in the book. Was I a one more Canelo's one? No, absolutely not. Not in a million years. You know, it, you've got to have that talent also is, and you've got to work hard and you've got to really put the graft in but when it comes down to drugs and, and, and think you, your viewers and your listeners might not understand I don't understand either that's why I was saying before if you said to me now right I've got you a batch of testosterone how'd you take it I'd have a good guess that you have to inject it because I fill a syringe up with liquid to inject it myself but I trust myself with air bubbles and all that stuff I wouldn't have a clue I was in you know, we were in a hospital visiting someone recently, so we know about like stuff going in a drip. And I remember saying, Can't you kill people with air bubbles? And they were like, Yeah, like imagine trying after a minute administer steroids to yourself or to one of your brothers or something, you haven't got a clue. The fact that a team has got their own doctor says it all to me. You know, what do you need a doctor for? If you get sick, you go to GP. Yeah. I have a problem, as I, as I mentioned, then with physio, you go to a physio or you have someone nearby who you know and trust and you can ask a question. Right, I've hurt my arm here. You know what do I do? Or my hands broke. We've got the best. We've got the best hand surgeon in the country on the end of the phone when, if and when we need him, because he's lovely fellow. And he helps us out massively, and he's operated on all anyone you name that from Liverpool. He's operated on them. He's one of the first people we call for help. But if I asked him to get me some steroids, I'd like to think my relationship with him would probably be done. Yeah. Comes to drugs and, and, and performance enhancing drugs, I, I don't know where they start or how they get them or what they do. And I genuinely mean that. But I've got an idea. 
And it, uh, nine times out of ten, it'll evolve a doctor or a shady team member. It's disgusting. It's disrespectful to the other, the other fighters as well. Once we had a chat about boxing and obviously the situation with performing hands and drugs, we then moved on to get to know Paul and in regards to being a Liverpool supporter, his earliest memories and things like that. First game I went to, Phil Neal gave me one of the balls. What do we all warming up with? We used to sit in the paddock. Um, my uncle John and my uncle Brian used to take me and they throw me over the bar. And um, I used to go most games when I could. I was at, I was at like some of the memorable games, what you've seen in Anfield, Newcastle 4-3s, the um, United 3-0 when Ruddock scored that header, um, the games against like, Jose years ago, Jan Mobi. You know, I've been, I was at all of them. I, I love going to game, always. Always go whenever I can go, whenever I've got tickets, whenever I, I've got time, I'll sort my tickets and I'll go. Some of the games I've been to over the years and the teams I've watched, great at the very, very start. I was at the four all game away at, at Goodison, um, the FA Cup, and then and then the following week I didn't go to replay, we lost the replay one day, and then Kenny um, resigned. So I was at that four all, been at loads of boss games. First cup final I went to was Sunderland, I think, 92. Um, I didn't get to the 89 one. I was only about six or seven, but I didn't get down to when we been to loads of boss games. I, I love I love going to match one. It is one of my favourite things to do. But I've been called a little part-time Johnny come lately fan on Twitter a few times saying like I'll probably only go off him in a box or something or this and that <laughs> forgetting on the game since I've been five. First game I went to was probably 1987, 88. And I, and I, and I fell in love with it straight away. I'll never forget it. Um, just brilliant. I love, I love the ground. I love going the game. I love the atmosphere. I love the party. I'll get to the away games when I can. But again, they're few and far between, unfortunately. Love going. We asked our guests to choose their ultimate five-a-side team who they've seen live playing for Liverpool. Let's find out what they said. In regards to Liverpool, then, I know you're a massive red. I want to finish the episode with your five-a-side team. Now, I know you know a couple of the players, so they're bound to be included. <laughs> so, um... Give us your best five-a-side team from day dot to now. When I say I know a couple of the players, I've, I've, I've met a few of them a couple of times, but all my, my mates are all gone now. Stevie, Carrie, they're, they're all too old now. Um, Simicus is, I live next door to him. He, he's sound, he's a lovely lad. I've, I've got to know him, luckily enough. Um, again, not just because I'm a Liverpool fan, but he's just a dead nice lad. And um, he loves his boxing. So I brought him down to Liam's fight. Um, in the Echo Arena last time I'm sure he'll be at the future fights but you couldn't meet a nicer lad honestly and, and his accent's hysterical he's a really nice lad with a nice family and, and I've got a lot of time for him always laughing I've had little debates with me lads and, and, and my nephew our Stevens lads are brilliant at football Frankie especially the eldest lad and um, he plays like two years above and he's only quite small for his height and and, and powerful strong and fit and um so skillful some players in the Thunder as well so we always laugh and debate saying when we were kids me and your dad would be John Barnes and Ian Rush we'd always argue over who was John Barnes I think in goal again not name dropping but I was lucky enough I met him again in one of the lounges uh, last week at the West Ham game I think it was um, a couple of weeks ago the West Ham game probably and he, he was he was my most famous person you share your birthday with when you were a kid growing up yeah same day as Bruce Blablabla a few years later. But after I've been goal, defence-wise, obviously, like, character in the air. Mostly, I've done the circuit with him yesterday in the air, and he was one of my favourites growing up. I loved him. When he was in his peak and his pomp, like, 2001, 2002, he, I was um, 
I was like going to 17, 18 myself. But I think five side wise I'd have to put Carrigan in there just to organise everything in, in the nicest possible ways. I'm all ambassador in here, I'm all all the players and shout at them and get them in place and, and, and boss them all about what you need. So Globla, Carragher, I don't think you can have any team involved in the pool players without Steven Gerrard in, no matter what the era. So I'll go Steven Gerrard. I'll have to put John Barnes in because he's John Barnes. Four. And uh, probably have to go Ian Rush. He was my favourite slave going up. He was the one I always used to want, want to be. So go Ian Rush, yeah. But so, there's so many people in there. I think Luis Suarez was the best I've ever seen in a shirt. Torres when he first got there. When you're talking about them type of fights, it was having a quickly. And I remember winning the British and then taking the belt into Melwood um, a week later and met Torres and a couple of others. There's one fella ruining all, every picture I've got, um, Akhulani. Akhulani, <laughs> he's on the end pack, so I can cut him out. But there's a boss picture I've got of me, Stevie, my lads in my arms with the long sail belt and Torres is on the end with Akhulani's that way. So I can like cut him off. No disrespect to him whatsoever. He's a brilliant footballer, better than I'll ever be in, in, in a month of Sundays. But yeah, he didn't exactly set the world to like when he came, did he? But I've seen some shite over the years, so I'm perfectly entitled to have my opinion and put up with I've put up with some shite over the years with uh, with Liverpool. Thanks for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. It's been um, it's been really good getting to know you and getting more insight into boxing. So I'll catch you soon, hopefully. Thanks for your time, nice one. Take Cheers, Paul. Thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow our social media, twitter.com slash the road end pod, and also our Instagram page, instagram.com forward slash the road end pod. <laughs>